Good morning. Good morning. Get the paper straightened out here. Welcome to our Sunday service. Glad to see everyone out this morning. Uh, before I forget it, next week, being the fifth Sunday, the youth are supposed to have service. I won't be here. If you know, Two weeks ago was our 40th wedding anniversary, and Gail was with her mother, and we didn't get to do anything, so we're going to Gatlinburg, I think, that weekend. And uh, Hubert's going to fill in for me at Pleasant Hill, and then the youth will have it here. So before I forget that, make sure. Also, I've got a... Church profile I need to get filled out. Uh, I need this probably as quick as I can get it. Huh. Yeah, uh, that'll be fine. Uh, then uh, you said on the uh, women going out was December seventh, six thirty. Uh, our 
Christmas Eve candlelight service will be at the 5 o'clock there at the Pleasant Hill. Uh, and we're having a Christmas tree this year for the first time on December 13th at 6 o'clock. Have a refreshments if you would like to come to it. Also, it's that time of year again. I don't know if you've gotten one yet, if the PPR committee's got their letter yet or not, but they always send out a letter to the PPR committee uh, asking about the appointment for the coming year. This is the uh, question that I have been asked. Well, they ask it every year. Uh, first, it says, how do you wish for me as your district superintendent to represent you and the appointment process this year? I desire to remain in present appointment. I desire to be moved to a new appointment. I plan to retire or take another category of appointment. Uh, I am willing to be considered to serve as associate pastor. And then the second question says, have you shared your intentions of this request with the staff parish PR committee? Yes or no? So uh, I don't know if you've got one yet or not, but usually they send one out every year to get the uh, recommendation of the church as to their appointment for the coming year. So uh, I wanted to share that with you because it said had I shared it with you. So this is my sharing with you the idea that you'll be making uh, a letter coming on the appointment. I've got the resurrection stuff here. Pack it. Who gets it? Okay, I guess that's probably, don't think I've forgotten anything. As we go to the Lord in prayer today, who do we need to uh, remember? I uh, guess I don't see uh, Brenda, anything on her? Anybody know anything about her? She's still sick. So let's still remember Brenda. What about uh, Brittany? How did her tell her go? Now, when does she have the next one? Wednesday. Wednesday? Okay, so let's remember. Brittany, she goes through this procedure. Uh, Irene, what about your sister-in-law? She, uh, okay, remember Irene's sister-in-law. We missed you last week uh, in our service. Uh, anyone else? We need to just have Teresa Weems. Okay. Uh, Teresa Weems passing away and then still remember Barbara's. Her mother passed away. Okay. So a death in the family. So uh, remember this and 
Barbara's normal family needs. And Carla, I guess you have any updates on yours? I remember George and Pat Cruz is also. Now, he the one was at the Park West or in Knoxville? He's home. Home? Okay. Yeah, I remember George. I think last week he was in Knoxville Hospital, so we glad that he's home. And then also Carla's other family needs that she has each uh, week. Are there others? Shelton and George and his family. Uh, Dorothy Walker. Dorothy Walker. <coughs> Harriet Johnson, okay. And Jimmy Barnes. And Jimmy Barnes, okay. Good to have Tom back with us today. We missed you last Sunday. Are there others we need to live Your aunt Greenville still uh still bedridden right now. Okay. Remember Jack's aunt there and uh, Greenville. Others. My grandfather's finally out of the hospital and he's uh recuperating uh, back at home now, so Okay, and he had the heart operate. Bypasses. Bypasses. Yes. Remember Ronnie Greer also. Ronnie Greer. Dave's nephew. He had heart surgery a okay. few days ago. I knew of Ronnie Greer, uh, the judge. <laughs> Is that the one? Uh, okay. Others? I remember Harrison. He was six hours yesterday. Last night. He okay. Harrison and Irene both out today. Remember them? Are there others we need to? We mentioned uh, Dark Plaza Hill, all this activity around the terrorists and everything. Uh, seems to be getting worse and worse. We just pray that God's will would be done and, uh, worldwide, not only in our country, but it's just uh, now worldwide and uh, just pray for common sense and uh, better times ahead. Also, want to pray for our church, our nation, and our government as they go through the procedures that uh, affect us each day. Are there others? Ron and Ali. Ron and Ali. Ron and uh, Alita there. Gail's mother's getting stronger. Gail had. Had to work last night and second shift tonight, and I believe with all the moving around they're doing up there, every seventh week she'll have to work one week of second shift. So that instead of being transferred to another building, so she was pretty well satisfied with that. So, but her mother is getting better. So 
still remember Gail and her mother. Are there others? Any unspoken requests? Let's go to the Lord. Our Father, as we gather here today, we thank you for another beautiful Lord's Day that you've given us. Father, we look to you each day as we start asking that you would just walk with us, lead and guide us the way you would have us to go, to give us the strength and the wisdom that we need to overcome whatever problems may come before us. Because, Father, we know that with you, nothing is impossible. No matter what problems may crop up, we have you with us. You have the answer for us. And we're just thankful that today we know you. And we can come to you whenever we have a need, whenever a problem comes before us. That we have someone who loves us and cares for us and can lead us through and help us to overcome whatever our troubles may be. Father, we lift up the names of these, our loved ones who are maybe members of our own individual family, members of this church family, our friends, neighbors, those we work with, those we associate with in whatever connection. We just lift them up today. You know each name. You know the need that each person has. We know, Father, that you hear and that you answer each one of these prayer requests. And we're just thankful, Father, that you are there for us whenever we call upon your name. And that you answer according to your will and not ours. So, Father, we're just thankful to have you today to come to in whatever and whenever a need may arise. We pray for this church, this congregation, Father, as we continue to reach out. Help us to grow and be a better influence in this community as we reach out to those, especially those who are still lost and are wandering without any hope, without your son that we might be able to bring them into a relationship and an association that would change their lives in a way that they could never or have never imagined. So, Father, just use us in whatever way you may have a need for us as we offer ourselves up into your service and just willing to go and do whatever, whatever you may call us to do. Now, Father, go with us through this service today. Be with us tonight as we gather for the fellowshipping and the enjoyment of a meal, that, a thanksgiving for all the things that we are thankful for in our life that we can point to and just say thank you, Father, for making these things possible for us. 
We ask this now in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If our ushers will come forward at this time, we'll receive our morning tithes and offerings. Today I will read to you from the third chapter of Colossians, chapter 3, starting at verse 15, and going through 25. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in the word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord, Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, as it is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, 
Provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. And there is no respect of persons. The word of God for the people of God. And may God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Last week we talked about the different vows that we made and one of the ones we talked about was uh, when we got married the vow that we made to our spouse to the church to God to all the friends, witnesses we made a vow that we would Start out a family, a Christian home, teaching and obeying the commandments and the things that God asked us to do. And as I said earlier at Pleasant Hill, to me, the Christian home or the family home is the backbone to our society. Most of our troubles generate from within the home. And the things that are not done or the things that are going wrong within the structure of our home that need to be looked at, corrected, improved, or whatever the situation may be. Sadly, it appears that the home today is not the home or the structure that we knew as we were growing up or that your parents knew. And I'm sure that we have heard or you have heard your parents, grandparents, talk about on what Sundays were like. The families would go together to church. After church, what did they do? They would come back. They would gather around the dinner table for a meal. Then they would sit around and they would talk about what they had done during the week, the ideas that they had for the coming week, the things that they needed to do. But today, as we see the family, we don't see entire families in church like your parents, grandparents. We don't see families gathering around the dinner table for a family meal. We see members of the family running here and there eating whenever they get a chance, if they even 
stop and eat it out. So it's no wonder that the family structure is not what it used to be and certainly not what it needs to be or should be if we're going to live our life, if we're going to promote Christ in our family, in our way of living, it has to start at the home. Or it should start at the home. But yet we don't see that cohesion of the family members. Too many things going on. Too many distractions. And distraction upon distraction leads to an unstable family life, an unstable family home. So, if the Christian home is the backbone to our society, if it's the answer to the problems in our society today, how do we go about defining well, what is or what should be the concept of a Christian home? First off, it has to be a home where Christ is known. Christ is known. Now, I would say that if you was to ask anybody, do you know of Jesus Christ? Their answers will be yes. They have heard. They have heard of. They know of Jesus Christ. But when you ask them, do you really know him deep down in your heart? Are you dedicated to him? Are you serving him? Do you depend upon him? Are you living for him? Do you know him in that regard? probably your answers will be fewer and fewer. No, I don't. So to start with, the family home, the Christian home, has to have a strong backing based upon Jesus Christ, based upon his word that he gives to us to lead and guide us, to show us the way that we need to go we need to have a personal relationship. Only trusting in him, not someone else. And that's one of the things today that people, when they have problems, instead of putting their faith and trust and asking God to lead them and to bring them through, they go every which way they can. They want to read a book tells them what, what to do. They want to go to psychiatrists or people that supposedly has the answers for them. And they neglect the one person that has the answer for them, and that's Jesus Christ, if they would only put their faith and trust in him. So the Christian home, the family home, has to be structured around a belief, a commitment to God and His Son. All people, all, all of the members of the family 
They have to experience to know and just not know of but have a personal knowledge, a personal relationship. Also, they do things together. As I mentioned, the families years ago, Sunday was the day for family get-togethers. Today, to most families, or too many families, Sunday is just another day. Do what you want to do. If you find room for Christ, good. If not, he'll understand, will he? He knows your heart. He understands your true feelings, your intentions, your ideas. So the home has to have values and morals that are of the highest caliber. We just can't obey certain things. It's got to be all 100%. If we're going to really enjoy the fruits that God gives us, the enjoyment that he gives us, we've got to not pick and choose but we've got to choose 100% of what he tells us here and what he outlines for us here in his word that he has left to lead and guide us. So we have to have a high moral standard, values that are meaning, that have some meaning to it. Also, we read there where in the home, he commands the husband to love your wife. He tells the wife to revere your husband. He tells the children to obey, obey your parents. Do we see that obedience today? No. And we wonder why, why there's so much trouble why are there so many teenagers or young people getting in troubles? Why? It all comes back to the family home. What they have been taught. What they live during their existence in the home. Are they being told? Are they being taught? good from bad or right from wrong? Are they being told that they are responsible for their actions? Or do we see parents today that are neglecting their duty as a parent just in order to get their children as we say, to get them out of my hire, out of the way, let someone else care for them. Let someone else take care of them. That's not what, that's not what God tells us to do. That's not how God tells us our home should be. That's not the structure that we need in our home. We need parental care. 
We need parental instruction. We need obedience from the children. But yet we don't see, we don't see that 100% that needs to be there to make the home what God has intended it to be or for the pleasures that should be there for us, the joys and the good things that come with living our life for Jesus Christ. So how do we go about bringing about a home of this nature, of this kind? There's three things involved. One is we have to have uh, love, we have to have hope, and we have to have faith. Now, our actions are so important. We talk about teaching our children. Showing them is part of the teaching. We can tell them we can tell them what they need to do, how they need to do it, but if we as a parent, if we don't live it, we're not much of an instructor. We might be more of a destructor because they're going to see the things we do. They're going to do the things we do because they think if it's okay for us to do it, then why not? Why is it not okay for them to do it? So we have to be very careful by our actions and our deeds, our words. They hear every word we say, and it sinks in. We may not think it, but the things we do and the things we say, our children retain them. They, they hear and they see, and they think it's okay for them to do the exact same thing. So we have to have our actions under control. We have, to, we have to base our thinking, our actions, on our faith. That we put our faith, our trust, our hope in, in Jesus Christ. That we're, we're depending upon him. We're asking him to be a part of our life. We're asking him each day to show us, to lead us how do we... How do we go about? How do we bring about the things that we are seeking in the proper way without being taken advantage of people or running over people or, you know, having our way and not listen to someone else? Our ideas are important, yes, but also we got to consider that when we're dealing with other people, they have some ideas. They have some opinions that we have to consider. We have to take into consideration their point of view. We don't always get our way as we shouldn't. So we have to be considerate. And our faith in Jesus Christ would tell us that we, we have the one who can lead us. We have the one who can direct us through whatever our needs may be. So we have to have that faith and hope. We know what hope is. It's looking for something that we don't see, but yet we know is attainable 
And it's all because Christ is there for us, leading and guiding us. So, yes, the vows that we made are very important. But it all comes back. It all starts at home. Everything begins at home. The goodness, the teachings, the way that we lead our children, and ultimately the way they turn out will be a result of how we have taught, how we have led them, and how we have shown them how they need to live, how they need to structure their life so that when they grow up and they become uh, married and start a home, they will know the basics. They will know the structure that they need to build their home upon. So we need to turn, we need to listen to what God is telling us and how he is telling us to do it. And it's very simple. I guess to sum it up, obey his word. He's got the answers here for us. If we would only listen to him, if we would only put our faith and our trust in him, he will see us through whatever, whatever may come our way. Remember in the excuse me, in the 24th chapter of Joshua, verse 15, remember what it says? Everybody knows what Joshua said. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so that's the commitment today that we need to make. We need to make to each other. We need to make to our spouse. We need to make to our children, our grandchildren. They need to realize how important that God is to us as we go about each day living our life, serving Him, letting Him be a part of our life, knowing that we don't have all the answers, that we have, we have problems that we can't solve, we have problems that are greater than what we can handle, and that's where he comes in. That's where we put our faith and our trust in him. Believing that he, and knowing, not just believing, but knowing that he has the answers. And he's going to lead us down the pathway that we need to go and yes, things may get rocky. Things may not be as smooth as we would like. But in the end, God's way is going to prevail. God's way is going to work out. And we're going to come out on top. So today, as we sing our invitational hymn, Joshua's words ring with him our hearts today. And I have no doubt 
there's not a person here today who is not serving the Lord, as Joshua said. But we need to make a stronger commitment. If we have slipped, if we're maybe not doing all we could do, we need to make that commitment. As we sing our 385. 385. The altar is open for you today.
Continue to bless us, Father, as you have in the past. All these things we ask today in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.